Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Scoopy Radio in your area code, on the airplane, on the train, everywhere you want to be. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Scoopy, Instagram Scoop underscore B, Snapchat Scoop underscore B. Do you guys still use that? Make sure you also subscribe to the Scoopy Radio podcast over Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitch app, or simply visit ScoopBradio.com. This is a special Scoopy Radio podcast, emergency podcast, if you will. And to help us get to the nuts and bolts and nitty-gritty is none other than NBA writer, veteran extraordinary, Chris Sheridan. What's going on, sir? I didn't have as much coffee as you today. I'll tell you that. <laughs> You're on Would your you, game today, huh? I'm trying to be, man. Would you believe I don't even drink coffee? I like hot chocolate. Yeah, what, well, okay, you're the, you're, you know, your mainline in five-hour energy or something, man. <laughs> <laughs> man, Chris Sheridan is, is, if you guys are turned to the party, Chris Sheridan is a guy that's broken many of NBA stories and, I mean, you had LeBron James going back to Cleveland. You've had a myriad of other things, and, and I don't want to sell you short, man. But one thing that I, I I'm, I'm really um, want to drive home is that you've kind of been ahead of this whole uh, Anthony Davis uh, going somewhere uh, campaign that really started when I was on your podcast of Get More Sports, uh, I believe, in September. Million-dollar question. Where does Anthony Davis end up? Where does Kevin Durant end up? That's two. That's two million dollars, man. Which one? You got to pick one. <laughs> All right, well, let's so I'll throw you my Gil, my Gilbert Arenas line. Pick one. <laughs> All right, well, let's start it's from the beginning. Kevin Durant, Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, I broke that story in September, and which basically I said a source let me know that Kevin Durant would land in L.A. Um, am I going to be looking crazy come uh, free agency twenty nineteen? Well, Kevin chases championships. Okay, so Kevin's going to go to the place where he has the best chance to win a championship. Now, right now, that looks like it, it's probably L.A. because um, the Lakers are holding those two max spots. But we don't know what, what's going to come the Lakers' way around the trade deadline. Because mm-hmm. there's guys that may want to get out of places that they're in now. You know, Exhibit A might be Kawhi Leonard. Now, Kawhi may want to – there's talk out there, Kawhi may want to go to the Clippers rather than the Lakers. You just don't know. Kawhi may get comfortable up in, in Toronto and say, you know what, I like it here. Or he may want to come to New York. He, you know, he spent all the last season hanging out in New York when he wasn't honoring his contract with the Spurs. So, you know, you got to see what the landscape looks like after the trade deadline scoop on February 7th before you can really say, okay, I think Kevin Durant's going to end up here. The guy who the guy who knows best is Kevin, and Kevin's mother probably knows. Um, Jay-Z probably knows. 
uh, he could end up with Wizards. You know, he is from from uh, from Maryland, from outside the D.C. area. Um, you asked me today, and I want to tell you, I think he's going to end up with the Lakers. But you asked me the same question on February 8th, and I may, I may give you a different answer. Now let's move on to the other guy, Anthony Davis. I'll be up in Boston on Monday night because that's – uh, that's the Pelicans at the Celtics. And, you know, you can insert your own Danny Ainge line there. But uh, I'll tell you this with absolute 100% authority. Danny Ainge has been trying to get his hands on this guy or has been wanting to get his hands on this guy ever since Anthony Davis was at Kentucky. Huh. And uh, and we got to remember that Danny Ainge has four first-round draft picks coming up in the 2019 draft. Four. And he's got players he doesn't – he can't even get into the lineup that are really good players. Terry Rozier is a case of point. You know, and he's also got contracts he can move. He can move the Gordon Hayward contract. You know, Kyrie, for as good as that Nike commercial is, um, that team is underachieving. Kyrie going to end up in Boston long term? Um, because if not, Terry Rozier can step in and take his place. That's what happened last year, and, and that team went to the to the conference finals. So um, Anthony Davis bears watching because he's going to end up in one of five places. He's either going to stay in New Orleans, or he's going to end up with in uh, in Boston, uh, L.A., or with Philadelphia. And I think Philadelphia is distant uh, a, a distant chance. But uh, the game to watch for a, for a good temperature check, uh, heat check on Anthony Davis is, is Monday night when the Pelicans are up in Boston. Let me ask you a question. When you say the, the, the Philadelphia 76ers are not an option, is it because they're doing or clicking so well with the addition of Jimmy Butler and because of the play of uh, Joel Embiid? What, 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 uh, why do you err on a side of caution with Philadelphia? Because I've been told that they are, that they are an outlier team. They're not, out of, they're not out of the picture by any means, but they're, they're just not – they're not an A-list. Um, they're a B-list team. Now – Given that they've gotten Jimmy Butler, and given that, that you know they still got to add a shooter scoop, and they're not done making deals, they got to get rid of Fultz and, and see what they can get back. Remember last year they were a completely different team in November than what they were in March after they got Bellinelli and Ilyasova, uh-huh. and then they won 16 in a row going into the playoffs. So Philadelphia being an outlier now doesn't mean that Philadelphia is an outlier toward the end of the season. Um, the problem for Anthony Davis is that he's got two two years left on his contract. Mm-hmm. So who's got the leverage? The Pelicans have the leverage. Yep. Mm-hmm. Same thing we <clears throat> same thing we saw with the Spurs with Kawhi. Who had the leverage? Uncle Dennis didn't have the leverage. He thought he did, but Pop had the leverage, and Pop waited until the the, the right offer came around, and he got Jakob Pertl, and he got Demar Derozan, and and he sent Kawhi Leonard to a cold cold weather destination. So Pop had the final say in that one. Um, so you know a lot of people like to think, hey man, this thing's going to go down soon. This thing's gonna, no no no. This thing's going to go down whenever it goes down, and it, you know something may go down in February. But I think it's more, much more likely that stuff starts to go down around draft time because half the NBA, half the NBA uh, teams are going to have just loads and loads of cap room from all the all the contracts that are coming off the books for, from the year that there was no smoothing. You know, you still got Timothy Mozgov, you got Luol Deng, you, you know, you got Alan Crabb, you got all these guys out there playing on these monster contracts. Ken Freeze, another guy sitting on the bench all night, every night for for the Brooklyn Nets. All these guys are coming off the books um, this summer, and and so it's gonna it's gonna create the craziest free agent summer we've ever seen, and it, it's gonna I mean it's gonna be a, off the charts just because there's so many guys that are free and there's so many teams with so much space. 
Scoopy Scoop Radio on the line with Radio. NBA Insider, Chris Sheridan talking hoops. What else? Uh, you talked about uh, Kevin Durant, and the only person who would know is him, Jay-Z, or his mama. Uh, he spoke with Bleacher Report's Rick Buecher and basically um, detailed how, as the aggregators are saying, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers are a toxic environment, there's a little bit more context there. Uh, he said there's so much hype, and I quote, so much hype comes from being around LeBron from other people. He has so many fanboys of the media, even the beat writers, just falling over him. I'm like, we're playing basketball here, and it's not even about basketball at certain points. So I get why anyone wouldn't want to be in that environment because it's toxic, especially when the attention is BS attention fluff. It's not LeBron's fault at all. It's just the fact you have so many groupies in the media that love to hang on every word. Just get out of the way and let us play basketball. Uh, he went a little further. Uh, he talked about Kevin Love, and he talked about uh, Chris Bosh. Uh, basically, and Cal Corver as well, yeah. Yes, he talked about yeah. all guys who played with LeBron James, had different roles in previous teams. First question, what do you make of his comments? Do you think people are reading too much into it? Well, I think it's being aggregated wrong. Um, I think it's a it's a very very sincere and uh, astute comment by Kevin. Kevin's a smart guy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's absolutely nothing inaccurate about what Kevin Durant said because uh, whether he's been in Cleveland, whether he's been in Miami, whether he's been in L.A., uh, LeBron does have fawning local media guys who guys who kiss his ass and uh, and and try to you know get in his good graces. Um, that's you know that's that's part of the business, unfortunately, in in, in sports journalism. Um, certain people kiss ass and, and try to get stories that way, and then and, you know everybody's got their own methods, and everybody's got their own means of getting their stories. I do my thing my way, and, and other guys do their things their way. So you know, I'm not going to name names, but there's a bunch of them, and they you know, and um, and and so I think Kevin's comments are right on the money. But Kevin, he didn't rule out playing for the Lakers. Exactly. All he said was, "There's a lot of drama and there's a lot of BS that goes with being a teammate of LeBron's." And at the end of the day, you still got to just go out there and play basketball and try to be the best team. And um, and so, if KD played with uh, with LeBron, would KD have to change his game the way that Chris Bosh did? No, no, no not at all. No, KD would just be KD. KD didn't have to change his game when he went and played with Steph Curry. Uh-uh. And and KD chases championships. So. Um, so you know, I thought the the comments were 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 really right on the money, and I think the way that they're being aggregated um, is you know kind of just a, it, it speaks to the state of the business. There's not all that much, or there's not as much original content out there as there used to be, but there's a whole lot of aggregation out there, mm-hmm. and then people people put you know put headlines on it to try to draw page views and clicks, and and that's, that's sort of the, you know what the business has become, and and. You know, it'll it'll probably cycle out of that one way or the other in the years to come. But there's been a lot of aggregation out there. You know, the hoops rumors, hoops hype, uh, hoops world, uh, inside hoops. These are all aggregation sites, and uh, and the way that they write their headline is going to kind of determine whether people are going to click on it. And people are still trying. People in the business are still trying to draw clicks. Some of my followers on Twitter uh, were saying that it was a smokescreen. Do you subscribe to these smokescreen theories that agents say things or players say certain things because they know that the Internet's going to pick it up? Or do you think that in this case it was Kevin just being Kevin? Well, in this case it was Kevin just being Kevin, but your followers are right. Smokescreens are thrown out there all the time, and false stories are put out there all the time by teams and by agents to create false leverage. 
you know, a team, a, a team may be trying to get rid of a player or be trying to acquire a player, and they'll have the agent put something out, um, or they'll put something out themselves that, that's intentionally out there to mislead people, um, and that 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 drives up trade offers. You know, years ago when Carmelo went got traded from the Nuggets to the Knicks, I had that story months and months ahead of time, but people still put out stuff saying, hey. The New Jersey Nets, remember, they were in Newark that year. New mm-hmm. Jersey Nets are still in it. New Jersey Nets are still in it. There's a bidding war. There's a bidding war. There's a bidding war. It was fake. It was all, it was all misinformation because he was going to the Knicks. Like, there, there, was a, there was 100% certainty in my reporting and, and, and among the people that I work with at ESPN. He's going to the Knicks, yet that didn't stop different people from still putting out the, uh, the Nets BS because they wanted to drive up the price to drive up the price. And it worked because remember Dolan took over, Jim Dolan took over the trade talks from, mm-hmm. uh, from Donnie Walsh. And, uh, and, and that's what eventually led to Donnie Walsh's exit. But Donnie Walsh didn't want to give up half as much as uh, what Jim Dolan ended up giving up to get Carmelo Anthony into New York. Chris Sheridan on the line of Scoopy Radio. Make sure to subscribe to Scoopy Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Apple Twitch app. Two million streams last year, 2.5 million streams as of November. Visit ScoopyRadio.com for more information. You talked about the New York Knicks. Uh, is there any chance in heaven that Chris Stapp's Porzingis returns uh, next year in, in, in the second half of the season? Oh, you mean in 2019? Yeah. You know, I don't I don't see why they would. Um, I mean, why bother? What if the guy gets hurt again? <laughs> then you've blown up your now you've blown up your plan for for next summer because the plan for next summer is let's get Kristaps Porzingis back a hundred percent healthy. Let's have two max slots and then let's see what we got on the roster this year. Who's going to be good? Who's going to earn playing time and 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 who's going to matter? So that's why like Noah Vonley is starting and putting up big numbers mm-hmm. and. Um, and you know Emmanuel Moutier is starting, and Alonzo Trier is, is putting up nice numbers, and uh, Damian Dotson's doing some nice things for them. And some of the guys that they, they you thought they would be using, like Frank Nilakina, he's sitting on the bench now, and and he's trade bait uh, because they've what they've done is they've given Dave Fisdale free reign to use whatever lineups he uh-huh. sees fit, just mix and match as you see fit, change the starting lineup every night. We don't care. We know we're not going to compete this year, but we do know that we're going to have two max slots. Uh, over the summer, we'll have Kristaps Porzingis back. We'll have Kevin Knox with a year under his belt, and we'll have a lottery pick. And so the Knicks, you know, the Knicks got a chance to put together a fantastic team next season. And why they would risk that by bringing Kristaps Porzingis back, unless they were a hundred percent sure that, you know, he was he was good to go, and maybe they just want to get ten games, uh, twelve games under you know under his belt, in, in you know late in uh, in March or April, just to you know just to get get him back in game shape. You know, maybe I could see that, but um, I think they're just gonna they're gonna uh, err on the side of caution and just keep them shut down for the for the for the entire season and and get them back healthy, ready, and uh, you know, 110 percent by the time the 2019-2020 season tips off. Do you look at the Knicks uh, kind of in a situation where the Lakers were last season as far as uh, setting up shot right before they make a big splash in the in the uh, free agency off season coming uh, this summer? Or do you think it's a little bit more layered than that? Well, I think it's similar. You know, the Lakers were were kind of a lost cause for several years, and just like the Knicks have been. Um, but they they did have a long term plan. The Lakers had a long term plan. Um, once Mitch Kupchak left and Ron Palinka came in and Kobe Bryant came aboard, 
they had a long-term plan that, that involved getting LeBron James. So the Knicks have a long-term plan. Now, maybe centered around somebody that they know that, that, that they're not letting know, anybody know, hey, we, we already know we're going to get this guy. But they do know, and their fan base understands, that this is a throwaway season. And because it's a throwaway season, that the fan base has actually bought into that and said, yeah, we don't care about this year. We, we, we know we don't have what it takes to compete for a championship, but we, but we, what we don't want you to do is make a dumb trade and, and blow next summer's cap space on a guy who's not going to pan out uh, in the long term. And so it's a, you know, it's kind of a painstaking season for, for all fans in New York. You know, I was out in Brooklyn last night and they, they blew another one in the fourth quarter. It's crazy. They've done that three times in a row. Mm -hmm. Um, but look, it is what it is. We'll, you know, we'll see what happens in Boston tonight. On any given night, the Knicks can compete with with a lot of good teams. But then, you know, you bring in the Hawks or the Suns or somebody, you know, of that ilk, and um, and, and you know, they can get blown out. So you just don't know what you're going to get from that team, and you don't know who Fizz is going to play on any given night. So they're an interesting team to watch in 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 that sense. But as far as them being a competitive team. This season, you know, no. As far as being a competitive team next season, let's see what they get because Philly's a monster right now, and Boston is a sleeping giant right now that's underachieving. But then, you know, Milwaukee's damn good, and Toronto's damn good. And Milwaukee's built to last. Toronto, they, you know, they they still don't know what's going to happen with Kawhi. So that's that, that's dicey. I'll get a reading on that when I'm back out in Brooklyn Friday night, and the Raptors are. In to see play the Nets, and they'll probably be down eighteen with seven minutes left, and they'll they'll win at the buzzer. And, and you and you brought up something. Um, you, you talked about a sleeping giant in the Milwaukee Bucks, and head coach Mike Budenholzer inherited a team that was kind of built under the whole Jason Kidd era in Milwaukee. Many people pay attention to uh, the Sixers, the Boston Celtics, the Toronto Raptors. Um, I kind of felt that, in my opinion, I, I felt that Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, really realized. Uh, his worth <clears throat> last season, and it just didn't materialize in the playoffs. Um, do you think? Why do you think people are sleeping on the Milwaukee Bucks? I don't know that necessarily sleeping on them. I don't, I, I, but I, I wonder if there's an appreciation for for uh, how how Budenholzer has, has put in the system exactly the system that he wanted to put in, where they're going to play faster and they're going to mm -hmm. shoot more three. They're going to shoot more threes. Look what Brook Lopez is doing from three point range. Yeah. Yeah, they got Brook Lopez on a one-year minimum. That guy could have been a max player if he had if he had the hunger to rebound. But Budenholzer said, "Look, let's just stick him out at the three-point line and, and have him shoot threes because uh, Jabari Parker's not going to be eating up 15 shots for us anymore. And we got shooters in Brogdon and Middleton and uh, and Brook. Uh, and you know, if we need a shot blocker, we could play Henson at the at, at the five spot. So." Um, look, they're a small market team, Scoop, so they don't get a lot of attention. Um, I have this debate with people all the time about the Denver Nuggets. I love the Denver Nuggets, and I like and I love Nikola Jokic. I, I think Nikola Jokic, if Denver keeps it up, is a legitimate MVP candidate. Hmm. And but I but I talk to guys that are like Jokic. No way, man. Nobody watches him play. He's not on the highlights. Yeah, he's, he's not on the highlights. But if Denver reels off ten in a row and the and then they're in first place in the West. Ahead of the Clippers, or you know, ahead of Memphis was up there early, but and Oklahoma City's right there now. But Denver's got a damn good team. You know, they got they're six deep with guys that can beat you, uh, good scorers. And if if the Denver Nuggets end up winning the Western Conference, you got to give consideration to Nikola Jokic um, sure. as as the MVP. That's why I'm glad I put ten bucks on him to win when he was a hundred to one. <laughs> Where I guess here's my. A separate question. Um, what, what happened with Carmelo Anthony in Houston? 
still trying to figure that one out. I got some intel on that last night in Brooklyn. Um, not ready to share it on the air because uh, that's actually what I, the story that I'm working on today. Um, uh, something went down. <laughs> something, something went down. I was there. I was at the arena in San Antonio um, the night that he disappeared. Um, down there with Get More Sports editor Scott Cooley. We were both at the game and, uh, and you know, we were like, where, where the hell's Mello? And they, they had said, oh, he's out with the flu. And, uh, and actually, there was a flu bug going around the team. Coach D'Antoni had it. Uh, James Harden was sniffling and Chris Paul was sniffling after the game. Um, so there really was a flu bug going around after that game. But uh, but something had happened. And uh, and something happened with the, you know, that, that they don't want out yet. And that, but that story, unless I could tell it today or tomorrow, when I when I you know when I get the right phone calls returned, this might be one of them. Now that's what my phone's blowing up. Like I told you, it was going to do. Um, so, something went down, and um, and where Carmelo ends up next uh, is still an open question. But um, he's going to probably end up somewhere right around December fifteenth, when uh, when a lot of guys become trade eligible. Uh, you know, anybody who signed over the summer as a free agent. Uh, with, with a few exceptions, like guys like Jamal Crawford who signed real late. Anybody who signed over the summer can get traded on, on December 15th. So uh, roster spots will open in places where there are not roster spots open right now. Um, and, uh, and and so I think Carmelo's just got to chill and, until the proper landing zone is found and, the, and then the roster spot is opened up so that that team can take him on. I'm going to name three teams, and I want you to tell me which team would be a, a better fit or the best fit for Carmelo Anthony at this point in his career. You ready? Good. San Antonio Spurs, Portland Trailblazers, Philadelphia 76ers. Well, I'll start from the back. I, the Sixers really gave it a lot of consideration uh, because there, there was a school of thought there that let's just bring him in. If Houston's going to waive him, let's just claim him on waivers. And see if he, you know, see if he can work in our offense. And if it doesn't work out, we can just wave him too. Um, because the Sixers led the league in passes last season. Just mm-hmm. like somebody charted that. Somebody who, who needs a better life. But somebody charted what NBA team throws the most passes, and that was the Philadelphia 76ers. And they they have such a a, a ball movement based offense. Um, there was a there was an internal debate down there that well, if we bring in Carmelo, he's such a ball stopper. Is he going to be able to play within? With you know within the way we play within our offense, and uh, so the idea of signing Carmelo has just been tabled for now. Uh, you know, the first thing that's got to happen is Houston's got to got to cut him, got to waive him, and that hasn't happened yet. So he's not available except in a trade, and then he's actually not trade eligible until the fifteenth. So he's in he's in a state of limbo. Uh, Portland's a, Portland's an interesting question. You know. I love Al Farouk Aminu. Um, he gives them a ton out of that position. And, and, you know, they got some guys on that team that, that run hot and cold. Mo Harkless and Evan Turner. I, I think uh, Nurkic is, is one of the more underrated centers in the league. Um, it's not a sexy market. It's a cool city, though. Um, it, it's, not a, it's not a sexy market. Um, would he fit in the, up there in that system? It, you know, look, they're not giving up trying, Portland. You know, they got – they they got one of the best backcourts in the West in Damian Lillard and, and CJ McCollum, and they got good players around them. Um, would but you know is Melo going to come off the bench behind Aminu, or is Melo going to want to start and, and kick Alfredo mm-hmm. Aminu to the bench? You know that, that's that's kind of what you still got uh, coming along coming with the territory when it comes to Melo. Um, the guy still thinks he's good enough to be an NBA starter, and on certain teams he could be an he could be an NBA starter, but on contending teams. 
he may be best, to, you know, he may be better just to be a, a designated scorer off the bench. Look, Jabari Parker's got to go to the bench now that Laurie Markkinen's back in Chicago. Uh-huh. Jabari Parker's not happy about it, but you know that team's got a glut. They got Bobby Porter's coming off the bench as well. They got three power forwards, and uh, it might be the three best players on the team. So, yeah, and then the, the, you mentioned one other team, and, and who was it? The San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, um, you know, that's, I don't know. The, the, they played a nice game against the Lakers last night. You know, they kept it competitive. Um, but they, you know, that they knew when they lost Deontay, Deontay uh, Murray for the for the season, they knew that their kind of their hopes for, of getting anything done as, of significance this season were dashed. They got two players. They got you know, they got Lamarcus Aldridge and they got Demar Derozan and um, and the Pop loves both those guys and uh, and, and Derozan certainly a keeper long term. He's a perfect Pop guy. Uh, would Carmelo go there? What would be the purpose? He's not going to win a championship with the Spurs this, this season. Um, would he fit in their in their system? Yeah, I think he would. Um, Pop likes him. Um, or Pop liked him. <laughs> they, they, they spent a lot of time together with USA Basketball. Right. Um, but uh, I, I think Carmelo wants to go someplace where he can be a difference maker. And then a difference maker. In order to be a difference maker, you got to be on a team that's that's a going to make the playoffs and b gonna make some noise in the playoffs and um you know just mentioned like if he had a choice between portland and san antonio and which one was going to have a better chance to make some noise that would definitely be portland so then does that rule out the los angeles lakers as a, as a, a potential destination for carmelo everybody believed that that was so uh when you heard rumblings of him leaving houston are the lakers out of the picture i don't again i i'm making my phone calls today um on carmelo and i you know i i, I wouldn't care to speculate um, you know, in the abstract, I'll tell you this. Yeah, he might fit with that team, but um, but they, you know, they got Josh Hart lighting it up off the bench, and um, and, and you know, they they need three point shooters. Uh, Kentavious Caldwell Pope and Josh Hart are, are real nice shooters on that team. Um, is there is there a spot in that lineup where Melo could could come in and uh, and, and and be a significant contributor? Again, it's a, it's a bench role. Um, it would be a bench role in L.A. Um, you know that's a wait and see thing, and because the Lakers are so, you know, they they want to keep their flexibility open for next year. I could see it happening, uh, but again, Melo's going to have to come off the bench, and if it and if it isn't working out, um, you know, he, he's going to be on. He's either going to be on a waiver claim or he's going to be on a vet minimum. He's going to be expendable. So, um, you know, on that again, I think we're ten days away from seeing seeing something happen with Carmelo until we get to December 15th. Um, you know, if, if, if I was him, I'd be, you know, I'd be in Ibiza or something like that on the beach somewhere, just, you know, chilling out. A couple more questions for you. I know your phone is ringing out. Scoopy Radio on the line with Chris Sherman. Uh, what do you make, or what, right now, uh, what grade uh, would you give Elton Brand, uh, general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers? We have Philadelphia fans who listen to the podcast. What grade do you give Elton Brand uh, for the way he's handling uh, the team, the trade that brought in Jimmy Butler and the Martel Fultz uh, conventional? Um, it's a good question. I'd give him about a B-plus. Um, maybe an A minus. Look, you know, he got Jimmy Butler, and he got him. He he had to give up a great, a real good glue guy in the locker room in Covington. Um, but Butler and Covington are quite similar, 
and they, you know they do the same things, but but Butler does it better. Butler's a bit more of a stone cold killer when it comes to late game shots. Um, they're both great two way players. Covington's a you know three and D guy, but he runs real hot and cold with his shot. And then they got rid of Saric, who you know he he just really never got his footing coming into the season. He's got a history of starting the season slowly, but man, he, his game was really really off. Um, and as far as Fultz goes, look, Elton can't trade Markel Fultz until Markel Fultz comes back and plays. And from the sound of things, Markel Fultz isn't coming back to play anytime soon. Uh, that that looks like a stare down. Uh, maybe sort of like what what Jimmy Butler was on, was was having with the with the Minnesota Timberwolves. You know, he, he was holding out in, in, in preseason, and now Markel's got this diagnosis. Um, Whatever the name you want to put to it, I, I saw it out there. I don't, and, and I don't remember what it is, but it's like some big medical name for the yips. Okay. Uh, and he's got, you know. So the Sixers know that it's, the time has come to part ways with Markel. He's a Brian Colangelo draft pick, and so it, you know, Elton Brand, Brand is not tied to him in any way. Sort of like with the Knicks, Frank Milikina is a Phil Jackson draft pick, and so Scott Perry's not tied to him in any way. So uh, well, you, you gotta you gotta see what they end up getting for him. I know they want a serviceable player, probably a shooter, maybe a four, a stretch four, and they want a pick. They want a first round pick, and it doesn't have to be a, a great first round pick. It could be something future down the road. But if he could turn Fultz into a into a pick and a player who can uh, be a contributor this year, because you know they're not getting a lot out of Cortmats or Muscala at the four right now. Um, then you know we got that 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 part of his grade is incomplete, but he did get Jimmy Butler. So yeah, you know, you know, and and it, it, they still may go out and get Carmelo. You just don't know. It depends what happens. If 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 it looks like the Fultz situation is going to last months rather than weeks or days, that's going to change Elton's thinking. And uh, and and so you know that story remains to be seen. So his grade is right now. I'd say like again A minus B plus, and uh, but with a big incomplete because of the Fultz deal. Is going to go down, but until we see what it is, uh, you know, you, you got to wait. You just got to wait and and then judge it. But there's certainly there's certainly a need for a shooter. They haven't replaced Bellinelli, and they haven't replaced Ilyasova, and uh, and those were two key pieces of the puzzle last year. But they did get Butler, and that's it. And he is an upgrade on Covington. You said something um, that really stuck out to me. In the day in 2018, we're still. Still talking about the Knicks like they're a contender right now, but you said something. You said Frank B. McKenna, and you said he was a Phil Jackson guy. Uh, do you subscribe to the theory um, that a John Wall to New York Knicks uh, scenario could happen? And do you see John Wall or Bradley Beal even leaving Washington this season? Well, Bradley Beal blew a stack at practice. Um, that story came out, you know, ten days ago or so. They had a they had a uh, particularly heated practice, and he and he uh, he got into it with Austin Rivers and blew a stack, and he said, you know, get get me out of here. And then he added in a few other words. Um, but he, you know, Bradley didn't go. Bradley's people didn't go to Ernie Grunfeld and said, well, look, we're formally requesting a trade. But Bradley is frustrated, um, and and he's a he's a heck of a player. And if the if the Wizards want to move him, they'll find they'll they'll get they'll get a high price for him. I don't think the Knicks have anything they could give up other than Porzingis that that would get that done. Um, there's other teams that could that could pay a lot, hell of a lot more for Bradley Beal, um, and he's got you know he's got a big long contract. John Wall's got a a, a big contract with a 15% trade kicker, and again, in order for him to get to the Knicks, what are the Knicks giving up? Well, they don't have anything. <laughs> there's nothing for them to give up that, that Washington would want. 
other than Porzingis, they got one player, and maybe you know, maybe if if Kevin Knox, you know, moves into the starting lineup and starts producing, and you know, he's still a, a, a work in progress, a very early work in progress. Maybe he becomes a tradable asset, but the Knicks want to they want to play Mitchell Robinson and Kevin Knox, their two rookies, over the course of the year, and they would. You know, they got guys like Hazonia, you know, who are playing for it, and Bonley. These guys are playing for contracts, and, um, and I was talking about this with Brian Mahoney from the AP last night. Bonley's having a great season. Yeah. But uh, but one thing Jeff Van Gundy said back when, when he was coaching the Knicks, he said, it's very easy for, for players to put up big numbers on bad teams. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's easy to do it because, you you know, someone's got someone's to play, play the minutes because you've got to play 82 games. That doesn't make you a winner. And, you know, Noah Vonley, he's playing for a contract because he came out of Indiana and he was pretty highly touted. And he just hadn't panned out. And uh, the, the Knicks may have found a diamond in the rough there. Um, but in terms of them being able to get Wall or Beal, those guys are those are trade guys. Those are not free agent guys, so I don't see it. Kevin Durant, uh, Draymond Green, the Golden State Warriors, as well as Clay Thompson and uh, Steph Curry, um, do you think that everybody's going to be healed up and the whole scuffle in the locker room will be a thing in the past come June? Well, yeah, time heals most wounds, not all wounds, but time heals a lot of wounds. And, uh, and yeah, and, and let's not forget that DeMarcus Cousins gonna, is a big X factor on that team because at, at a certain point, he's going to be he's gonna be playing ball for the Warriors as well. And you just don't know what you're going to get from him. It's kind of ironic that he was the peacemaker within that. In that, yeah. you know, that <laughs> imagine Demarcus Cousins peacemaker. Nobody had that one. Um, but uh, you know, look, Steph Curry. He's been. He was very injury prone earlier in his career. He had, you know, he took that four year, forty eight million dollar contract um, at a time when when he was spraining his ankles all the time. And then, uh, you know, his ankles have gotten stronger over time, but he, you know, he missed a bunch of games recently. Um, injuries can happen to anybody at any time. You just, you just, you just never know. What you got to have is other guys who can step in and take his place. Um, obviously, the Durant thing has caused attention in that locker room. Draymond, you know, came came right out and said it. So, uh, but that that tension is going to remain, and and how they how they how Steve Kerr manages to alleviate that tension, that's on Steve. Uh, but these guys are all pros, and they've all been around the NBA for a long time, and they all know that, look, certain guys in certain years are on expiring contracts, and they may not be here. <laughs> Excuse me. They may not be here next year. So what? <laughs> We're not talking about next year. We're talking about this year. There's still a championship to be won this year. So who's going to win it? And that's what the Golden State Warriors have to be, remain focused on. Let's win the championship this year. Let's win, you know, let's 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 make it three in a row, and then uh, let's, you know, next year we'll – is next year, uh, you know. Let's let's get let's get to April and get to mid April and get to the playoffs in the best shape we can. Let's see what we're going to get out of Cousins. You know, Boogie's not going to get the touches he got in Sacramento or New Orleans. He was getting touches three out of every four times down the floor with Golden State. The with the way you know they move the ball and shoot the ball, he may be running up and down the court and not touch the basketball for five, six, seven consecutive possessions. And Boogie's never had that happen to him. So, you know, he's he. I want. I'm really looking forward to seeing how how that part of it plays out. Um, but uh, look, there's a reason why they're prohibitive favorites to to repeat as champions, and they are so prohibitive as favorites that um, there's actually a lot of good value bets out there on other teams in the West um, because you know, there there are other teams that are playing real well, and there's so much mm-hmm. more talent in the West this year than there was last year. Um, it you know it, it's a little nuts and. 
if Chris Paul didn't get hurt last year, Scoop, you know, maybe the Rockets go to the championship because they were up three two, and then and then Chris missed game six and seven. So, um, I think they'll straighten out that locker room. Steve Kerr is a great coach, and um, the, all the guys in that locker room are pretty pretty smart guys. There's not a lot of you know, there's not a lot of dull knives in there. These are these are sharp guys, smart guys, veteran players. So, and they know what it takes to win in the playoffs. So, I, I think by the time the playoffs roll around, as long as they're healthy, they'll remain prohibitive favorites. But there's teams out there that can beat them. Make no doubt about it. Enough said, sir. I know your phone is ringing, uh, and we will be looking out for your column on Carmelo Anthony and everything else going on. Thank you for your time, and man, you definitely. Uh, for those listening who are journalists uh, on, on the come up, find a guy who is a seasoned vet that actually takes you under their wing and wants to see you do well. Everybody doesn't have your best interest at heart. Chris Sheridan, I can say, does take young people under their wing. Thank you for that. Oh, hey, it's, you know, it's, it's fun to mentor guys, man, because it's, you know, a bunch of guys that I mentored have, 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 have made some money in this business. And and, and it's not a, it, sports journalism is a very, very difficult business to make money in right now. Because like what we talked about before, there's a lot of aggregation out there, but there's not a lot of original content. So you try to take guys, teach them how to teach them how to do the job, you know, a little bit differently than everybody else does. And uh, you work outside of the scrums, and you talk to people, and you get phone numbers, and uh, and and then people tell you stuff, and you protect your sources, and then you're able to break stories. It works. Enough said, brother. We out. All right, over and out. Scoop B Radio. 